0: Welcome back, DGI Multiverse. Uh, this is DGI Mark, and this is issue number thirty-one of the Dad's Got Issues podcast. Uh, we're going to take you guys inside the ropes uh, for our brand new uh, weekly edition. Of Inside the Ropes and the Dad's Got Issues podcast uh, We will be giving you professional wrestling on Mondays And uh, comic book news And uh, recaps on Wednesdays, weekly now uh, Around the Multiverse, we'll continue to do every two weeks um, But myself and DGI Charlie, who is coming in remote from the road uh, Will be um, doing our best to maintain a weekly schedule moving forward Just so we can cut down some of the runtime on um these issues. Uh so what did you think of uh TLC last night?
1: You know, I was uh I was fine with it. Uh you know, it was uh it was for overall a decent pay-per-view, the end the year. Um you know nothing nothing too crazy, you know, uh nothing too shocking either. Um yeah I I still don't well like you and I have talked about uh with the fiend character, like, you know, every time he gets momentum, it's, it's just squashed or squandered. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that once again happened. Um, you had a opportunity after Orton having such a great run for Bray Wyatt to, um, you know, do something to, you know, carry off of Randy's momentum and, and build more to his own. And, I don't feel like that's what we got. No, uh, but uh, overall, like it was fine. Like the the action in the ring, it was fine. Um, like you and I were kind of talking about before was uh, you know before we got on here was the Money in the Bank cash in, and that being a uh, you know a failed cash in. And like I feel like this whole year, like since Money in the Bank happened, or since the contract was was won first by Otis and the way that he won it. Then the Miz getting it, it's like, okay, well, finally somebody
0: that can actually do something with it. And then they they, they waste it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't as high on the show. Uh, We'll talk about uh, TLC a little bit more later in this issue uh, before we segue into the news of the USA Network's displeasure and Vince McMahon's um statements he made last week about the company heading in a new direction at least um in the way that they're booking their programming moving forward um we will start though our more in-depth breakdowns Uh, we're going to do AEW and nxt um from last week and into this week with the build for their holiday shows um we get new year's evil um next week and then this week, obviously, uh, we get to build to continue the build for that for NXT, um, and uh, AEW is doing their holiday um, themed shows this week with special, I believe, special starts times for um, AEW. I think is at ten on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, um, because of the NBA. And then I think the following week, they're back to their normal time slot, basically doing another like New Year's. New Year's Day Eve, whatever, uh edition of AEW. Um uh this past Wednesday on NXT though, we were treated to uh Pete Dunne and uh Kyle O'Reilly for the number one contendership for Finn Balor's NXT championship. Um, in a one-on-one, just pure wrestling match. No uh, you know, no real outside interference that, you know, really altered the the greater, you know outcome of the match, no real, um, you know, no gimmicks to it. It's not a ladder match. They weren't trying to, you know, get the contract to see who was going to be first in for War Games or whatever. Um, I personally think that this was a tremendous match. My only problem I have with this match, and it's it's something that's going to rear its head again, once again when, when we talk TLC in a little bit, they put this match in the middle of the card, and I get it. They had Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm main event, which I was fine with too. I thought that was a main event worthy match, but I think Pete Dunn and Kyle O'Reilly did such a good job. And that match was so good that it really hurt the quality of the show afterwards. Um, I, I I personally think that that match should have closed the show and, and they shouldn't have had like carry, carrying cross was second to last. And I think that hurts not only the, the main event title picture right now in NXT. Because once again, it seems like though Finn has the belt, he's not being booked as like the top draw in the company. And he really should be. But right. I think what we're seeing with Kyle and him going there and then carrying coming on later is they're trying to build Carry and Cross up to be a bigger deal than he is. But they put him in a squash match. So basically... In my opinion, if, if we're talking WWE booking and how they they format a card, especially more recently in the modern era, they've always put like a really shit match before the main event. Because they don't want you to be super excited or, or on that that euphoric like high necessarily that you get from a really, really good match before the main event. They want the main event to give that to you. So they just threw that squash match on before Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley because they wanted you to be more excited about Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. Um, But my thing is, is I would have preferred to see Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm in the middle of the card because although a great match wasn't better than Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, I
1: mean, I I think like that maybe maybe you, you swap the spots for them right like yeah that's a great match uh you know like to kick off either after like the opening segment opening promo because you know wwe refuses to put on matches at the start of the show so you get through whatever you have to get through in that first couple minutes and then uh, you know have a match or have that be like your start of your like make your make your second hour super strong
0: yeah
1: and uh you know you start there have your squash and then have KO or well, I was gonna say KO, but Kyle O'Reilly yeah. and uh,
0: the other
1: KO yeah. <laughs> and um uh, uh Pete Dunn, you know, go on go
0: on last. Yeah, and my thing too, like you know, I'm I'm seeing this too. You're starting to see shotgun booking a little bit in NXT as well. Um, because it's they're they're trying to keep up with AEW. See it, so so you gotta understand it. And like people are like, oh, I, I you know, NXT is better than AEW. That that can be your opinion, and I don't honestly really think either one's better than the other because I think week in and week out, one show is usually glaringly better than the other. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like it's neck and neck every single week, in my opinion. I there's some weeks I think AEW is tremendously better than NXT, and some weeks I think NXT is better than AEW. Um my my example of shotgun bucking is Shotzi Blackheart versus Indy Hartwell. They, Indy Hartwell has been the thorn in Shotzi Blackheart's side for, for months now. You know what I mean? She's been costing her title opportunities. She's been costing her titles. She's been costing her matches against Candace LeBray. She was a part of the team that beat Shotzi Blackheart's team at war games. Like, Indy Hartwell versus Shotzi Blackheart, where Shotzi gets over should have been a bigger, not a bigger, like, match, but it should have been a higher, like, that should be on New Year's Evil. Instead, that was in the middle of the card on NXT last week, and I get it, they're going to have a rubber match because Blackheart won by disqualification. But my point is, is, like, why are we getting that match now? You know what I mean? Like, I get you want Shotzi to be a bigger star, probably at this point, than Indy Hartwell because Shotzi should be focusing her efforts on Candice LeRae. But Shotzi overcoming Indy, maybe beating Indy, so that Indy can't be at ringside with Candice LeRae when Shotzi and Candice LeRae inevitably go one on one. Um, Like that would have been a bigger, that would have been a smarter play long term booking wise. But instead, we're gonna have Blackheart defeat her via disqualification, probably never wrestle again. I say probably because uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm holding out hope that they do it the right way, but. I've learned more lately, and you know, I'll use this saying again later on when we talk about Vince McMahon. I'm always I'm always woefully disappointed, never call never um sorry, I'm always woefully disappointed, never cautiously optimistic with WWE. Like I never come into things optimistic with WWE. I always end up just becoming woefully disappointed. You know what I mean? So my thing is, is I I honestly I think you know, NXT needs to get away from counter-booking AEW. And I hate to say this, because they always make they play this game, like, oh, we don't even watch the competition. We don't even care about the competition. Well, if you didn't care about the competition, then your matches, if you go and look at hour for hour, minute for minute, when matches are occurring on NXT versus like Sting's segment on AEW, you'll see there's a, there is a, is a direct correlation in which matches on television at that time. Um, and like I said, it's a problem uh, in my opinion, because they don't need to do that. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like the big brother being jealous of the little brother and like trying to outdo the little, like the little brother comes in. Hey mom, look at this drawing I did. And then the the big brother's got to come in five seconds later and be like, Hey mom, look at this. Look at this Picasso. I just painted like dude, That's not necessary. We don't, we don't, we don't care. Like be you, be what got you here. NXT's always been a brand based around solid long-term booking because I mean, you got to think about it like this. We used to not get a takeover every month. Right. We used to get takeovers like every couple months, every basically every the the just really for the four big shows. That was the only time we got a takeover. Um yep. I don't like I said, I don't I don't mind the booking of of NXT to compete with AEW because they obviously have to, but you're getting your ass spanked and, and say what you will about ratings that they don't matter. All this other bullshit and there's other ways to watch. I get that. But when you sit down bare bones minimum, the thing that makes WWE money at the moment is advertisement. And if you're only bringing in six, 600, 500, 600,000 people to watch NXT every week, you ain't making no money. You know what I mean? So my thing is, is if you're going to try and play this game where you're competing and you're trying to make money in the midst of a pandemic because you can't have fans, and you got to think about it like this, NXT pretty much operates at a loss anyways because, one, they, they don't really travel. They don't They don't sell out major arenas for every weekly show. So my whole thing is, if you're going to sit here and tell me that ratings don't matter— then why the hell are we getting NXT title matches and you know North American title matches and tag title matches on free television? If the ratings didn't matter, we still wouldn't be getting that. You know what I mean? Because there was a period of time where those belts are never defended on television. And now we're getting them defended on television because they need to. They need to, they need to put the NXT champion on TV and have him defend his belt because AEW is beating them Almost two times the amount some weeks in ratings. And don't get me wrong, it's AEW's a show, only show, really. I mean, if, unless you're you know, going to consider dark, really a show. But f- fucking AEW is, is winning handedly in the ratings battle, which is good for AEW because people keep saying, oh, well, they're not cracking a million. They're not competing with Raw and SmackDown. Raw's been on for 30-something years, and SmackDown's been on for 20-something years. And SmackDown is, on a, is, on, a, is a, on a station where in the United States, literally people just turn that station on and leave it on all day. So they're getting viewership numbers just from people tuning in and not turning it off. Um, and I hate to say this, like, Fox has way more reach than TNT, like household to household, especially across the world. But my thing is, is I think NXT, like Tomasa Ciampa... Versus Adam Thatcher, I think is a great feud, and they're building it properly, like Ciampa beating beating up on some guys, you know, pu- pushing respect back into the locker room. Whatever he's, you know, he's, he's trying to play, and Thatcher coming out every single week and just watching Champa dis, you know, dissemble the NXT roster after getting beat by Champa in a match that I think we all agree that takeover match is fucking great, but. I have no, oh yeah,
1: for sure.
0: I have no problem watching NXT every week and watching Champa beat like up on like some underlings, as long as like he does what he did, he made Tyler Rust look great. He's made everybody he's wrestled to this point look really good, and Thatcher even looked really good as a result of being in the ring with Champa. But the problem I have is, are we are we going to get like obviously New Year's Eve is in what like a week, two weeks technically? Um, yeah or no next week sorry this week's yeah.
1: well yeah i mean <laughs> yeah it's so, it's two we're, we're we've got an episode and then another episode like yes. then, there'll be the next
0: one yeah so as long as Champa Thatcher it happens on New Year's Eve I don't have a problem with that because they're booking these these branded Wednesday night shows like New Year's Eve whatever they're booking them as like mini pay-per-views basically and i have no problem with that um but like I said, I, I, I really do I really do enjoy what they're doing. I, I think Kyler O'Reilly is the right choice. And I think Kyler O'Reilly should take the belt off of Balor. And I think Cross, if you're gonna take if you're gonna have Cross win the belt, I think beating Kyler O'Reilly is the way to go. Not because I think I don't think it hurts Kyle O'Reilly to lose to Kerry and Cross. But I think it would hurt Finn Balor a lot to lose to Karrion Cross. And there's going to be some people that say, well, I think if you want to legitimize Cross, you have him beat Balor. Balor cannot drop the belt to cross because Balor should be the one that overcomes Karrion Cross. Does that make sense? Like, as much as I hate to say like Balor being champion, I think Balor being champion for NXT is a good thing. And I think it only helps, yeah. I think it only helps all the guys around them because his star and star appeal rubs off on those guys.
1: Yeah. Well, so there's, there's a couple of reasons. One, because Finn Balor is my current favorite WWE wrestler. <laughs> he's my favorite wrestler in general today, right now, um, regardless of how he's been booked. He's still my favorite guy. Right. Um, so I want him to be champion for selfish reasons, but okay. also Yeah. Him being champ is, is, is important for the NXT brand because he brings legitimacy to that, that championship. And when somebody beats him, it's going to be a big deal. You're talking about the first universal champion. You're talking about uh, regardless of again, how he was booked a former intercontinental champion, you know, a, a guy who, um, you know, has done extremely well for himself, considering his size in WWE, And to come back to NXT, where he was, you know, king of the mountain for so long, um, you know, it 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 makes that title important to the point where when somebody beats him, it's a big deal. It makes them bigger. So if you take somebody lower on the totem pole, uh, and and I hate to put Kyle Riley in that kind of category, he he is though. But he is. If if he were to win. That automatically pushes his stock through the roof, yeah, you know what I mean, um, so yeah, carrying Cross, I don't think Car Cross needs to win it again i I uh, you know when he beat Keith Lee, I was fine with him beating Keith Lee, um because at the time you know i I wanted i i was I was still uh, having some resentment for him losing the belt uh, or for Adam Cole dropping the belt to Keith Lee. Yeah, but I was, I was, you know, I'm on board with and cross the, the character, the wrestler, so, whatever you want to call him. I think carrying,
0: I think Carrion only needs it for the redemption arc, cause he doesn't need to hold it long. He just needs to hold it longer than 24 hours. He, he's yeah. had, he had the same thing happen to his momentum that happened to Balor. At SummerSlam. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Balor, yep. Balor winning that Universal Championship put him through the strata. I mean, if Balor doesn't get hurt at, at, at SummerSlam when he beats Seth, Balor's probably still a top guy on the name brands right now and running the, the demon gimmick still and doing all this stuff. I don't think any of the stuff that we, we were given for Balor post-shoulder tear, labrum tear, happens if he does if he gets hurt. I think his momentum continues to to push through the roof and he becomes one of the best small man small men heavyweight champions of all time. But that that injury much like it did to Dolph's career when he got his concussion, I think that derailed everything that we knew about Finn Balor and everything we expected about Finn Balor. And it's not his fault. It's unfortunate but unfortunately in WWE, it's next man up and unfortunately for balor there was a ton of guys waiting in the wings to come up and take that spot
1: um but yeah, uh, i mean and i i don't disagree with any of that i think that i think that you're you're absolutely right um i don't know i i also think that with how aw is is or not just AEW now, uh, AEW along with impact and who, who, and who else knows jumps onto this, this train of cross promotion branding, but, um, it sure does feel like a lot of bullet club. Uh, yeah, you know does. what I mean? Like, so and, and I, I mean, if you, if you get new Japan involved in that, um, you know, you, You've got the guy, right? You, you when when you think Bullet Club, like there's a few names that pop into your head, right? Dollar, well, as Prince Devitt, uh, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, right? Like yeah. you, I mean, you and you think of the Good Brothers as well, um, but like you, you start thinking leaders, and even though Carl Anderson was the leader, it was only for a hot minute. Yeah. Um, so you have two of the leaders of Bullet Club that you've never really capitalized on but it feels like all these other brands are still trying to capitalize on the popularity of bullet club. You, you've got the guy, the founder of bullet club, Yeah. you know, uh, uh as your champion on NXT, I don't think that you, uh, you, you rock the boat there or maybe WWE tries to, to do something with it, you know, and finally actually do it, but you don't really have the guys now. No, you don't. They're all everywhere else. So, so, you got to do something. And, uh, you know, while everybody else is pretending to be the bullet club, you know, Finn Balor can be like, yeah, well I started it and it doesn't matter what anybody else does. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Um, so we'll, so we'll move off NXT. We'll move into AW. Um, I agree with you though. I think, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit about the bullet club stuff. Cause obviously we're going to talk Kenny Omega and his, uh, world title match versus Joey Janela. Um, but, um, to be honest with you, I just don't, I, I don't see WWE ever acknowledging that in in the in the form that they did because when they had Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, they you know when they addressed it, they 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 basically all but called them Bullet Club, calling them the OGBC. I mean, they're 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 saying it without saying it, and only WWE can get away with that type of shit because if another company did that to to a WWE brand, you know what I mean. WWE will be cease and desist the next fucking day. Um, right. But my whole thing though is, is like we've, we've talked about and we've said before, you know, I think, I don't think AEW was better on Wednesday night. I don't. I really, I, there wasn't a match on that card that I, or, or, you know, on the card that I was like, you know, that match was so much better than anything NXT did. Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne easily I mean that in and of itself is a great rivalry I would love to see them fight for the title against one another because I think that's a program that is now kind of built in and on itself they've wrestled so many times now um and they both go back and forth you know Pete dumb won the the latter qualifi- uh, or qualifier match or whatever you want to call it is for for war games O'Reilly wins the number one contendership you know so on and so forth um but uh aw aww is a AEW obviously uh last week um we were dealing with um a lot of the fallout from still from um winter is coming or a long whatever that they were they were calling it a couple weeks back. Um AEW's unfortunately falling into the trap of every week telling us that Sting's gonna be on the show. Um and I think that they think because so when Sting debuted a couple weeks back on their uh Winner is Coming special, I think numbers jumped for them in viewership, and they think that, okay, well, every time we tease Sting or announce Sting or whatever, the numbers are going to pump in. And I don't like that. Making Sting a, a surprise appearance every other week or every week would be more important, I think, for their brain because you would have to tune in. You don't know when that segment is coming you know what i mean but when you when you know because they announce in St- the icon sting will be a part of tonight's AEW 7 hours before the show you kind of know he's going to be on there i might not even need to tune in now i could just dvr it and watch it later i just don't think it's i don't think it's good to 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 overly advertise a guy that in all reality isn't really even gonna wrestle for you. He may wrestle yeah. one, he may wrestle one or two matches just because that's what he wants. I think ultimately he wants to go out on his terms and have good programs or good feuds with probably guys like Cody or Chris Jericho or whoever. Um but first match of the night we get is uh Hangman Page in the Dark Orders, John Silver. And uh Alex Reynolds versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. Um AEW is uh obviously been pushing uh Private Party with Matt Hardy um as basically like Matt taking them under his wing and he's trying to teach them their ins and outs of tag team wrestling and being, you know, the the icon that he is in the division that You know, he would his his greatness or aura, I guess, would rub off on these guys. Um, But it seems like not everything is good in that camp, especially even though they got the win versus Hangman Page and Dark Order, they looked very sloppy in the match, like as as a unit. And you could tell Private Party was kind of frustrated with some of the things that Matt was doing, like blind tagging in to get the win at the end and doing all this other stuff. So they've also kind of teased the fact that with them being upset that there's more than likely going to be a a, a heel turn for them at some point. Um, I don't like this because there's so many heel tag teams in AEW. Um, We don't have many good face tag teams. I think Private Party is a good tag team. I think... Best friends, for a lack of use, are probably one of the better tag teams um, if we're going to talk face tag teams. And then, obviously, Lucha, um, Lucha Express with um, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. But we don't see them. They're not consistently booked. The tag teams that we see week in and week out are the Lucha Brothers, um, you know, Pride, uh, Pride and Powerful um, from um, the Inner Circle, I would even say, FT, obviously, FTR is a heel stable, but I would even say the Bucks are a heel stable. And then you also have Angelico and Jack Evans as well who are now being, more, or, are being booked more heavily um, and being utilized on the main show instead of Dark. Those guys are heels. So in all reality, like if you're going to book the Bucks as faces, I guess, there's not many other face tag teams in AEW but I think we all wanted to see a heel young bucks. I don't think anybody wants to see good
1: guy young bucks anymore. Um, no, they're, uh, they're, they're a shell of, of what they, they can and, and should be. Yeah. Uh, um, and that's unfortunate because, you know, like there's some, there, there are some wrestlers where, you know, like they're great as faces. Yeah. Right. And then, and, uh, then there's guys that are great as heels. And it's like, you know, think back to like, um, uh the rock right like the rock is a is a much better heel than he is a face yeah uh, but uh you know austin austin doesn't work as a heel it, 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 it's hard to root against him it's just like cm punk it's it's hard to root against him um but it, it, his best work was as a heel yeah so i don't know so yeah, i don't know uh, we'll see yeah
0: so uh following that match We got um, Cody Rhodes versus Angelico. Um, Cody and Brandy announcing um, their impending pregnancy. Um, So congratulations on Cody for becoming a father. Brandy uh, on hope she has a a problem-free pregnancy, uh, which means uh, we'll probably see less of Brandy on television, at least in physical roles moving forward for the foreseeable future. Um, And then obviously – Cody's wrestling in this match, Um, he beats Angelico, um, and then Team Taz comes out once again. If there's Cody Rhodes on AEW television, Taz and his cohort will not be far behind. Um, Will Hobbs, Ricky Starks, and Brian Cage, and Taz's son, Hook, all came out onto the stage, and... Uh, Basically told Cody they were going to kick his ass Like they do every week And then the lights went black The snow fell and Sting came out And Cody like, oh my god, it's Sting No way Because we weren't all fucking expecting Sting to come for the save For the third week in a row Mind you, this is the third week in a row That Sting has come to save Cody's ass From Taz and his Goonies so my thing is, and then obviously they they always pan the fucking Darby sitting up in the up in the rafters, emotionalist, not phased by the fact that this guy who, more than likely he he he, has resembled much of his his ring attire and gear after, um, is 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 in front of him. And I get it, like they're trying to make it like this massive deal. But no offense, when you have Will Hobbs and you have Brian Cage, like. They should not be afraid of sting. Like let's be, no, let's, no. let's be honest.
1: Like, like he's, he's a, no, he's a, he's a geriatric that, you know, if you hit him with the right move, he's paralyzed. It's, it's well known. Everybody knows.
0: Like it. my question <laughs> becomes at like, what point do they just not give a fuck and just, just take his ass out. And like that, like, like they're going to lay waste to sting at some point. Cause that's going to be like Cody's motivation to, 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 Wrestle Ricky Stark or Will
1: Hobbs or Whoever well like you said It's oh, like it's a, oh no he Oh no he has a bat like yeah. You are a, you are a You are a Greek god <laughs> you know Like you are chiseled from stone like You could take a hit you're Going to be fine
0: <laughs> yeah So like I said I, I just I, I Personally I, I enjoy sting But they're making him out to be like This just fucking like Mythical like un you know you know, relenting force, and it's just like we we know who he is. We get it. He's the icon. Like, can we just move on to where he manages Darby Allen, and like he he's a mouthpiece for him, or whatever you want him to do? Like, can we just do this at this point? Like, I'm like I'm three up. Like I was super excited, like everybody else was, when he debuted. Awesome, cool. Can't wait to see what they do with him. But what they're doing with him just does nothing for me. Does nothing for me as a fan does nothing. I don't think any, just seeing sting every week doesn't get me excited. He has to have a purpose in the company. And I just don't see him having a purpose at the moment. Um, Eddie Kingston, um, is continuing his feud with Pac. um, and uh, and the Death Triangle, which is the Pac and the Lucha Bros. Um, I was actually like really excited to see the Lucha Bros. Kind of branching out and potentially becoming solo guys, moving away from the tag team division for a little bit because I think they're both tremendous singles um competitors. Phoenix as a face, and obviously Penta as a heel. But uh, with the return of Pac and Death Triangle never really getting its run, I'm. I'm actually kind of excited to have the Lucha Bros back together, but I think the Lucha Bros need to win the tag titles if they're going to be tag team, like wrestlers. Um, I think you have to put the belts on them to legitimize them again and bring them back up to the upper echelon of the company, not just for for their sake, but also for the sake of like the Young Bucks. Um, I think the Young Bucks losing the belts to Death Triangle as Pac goes after Kenny's world title would be a bit... Like, if Pac loses to Kenny... But that, but the Lucha Bros beat the Young Bucks. I don't think it. I think it continues to make Death Triangle like a stable or like a a, a staple portion of AW programming. Um, that Pac can continue to chase the world title while the Lucha Bros kind of defend the gold um, of the tag division. Um, but um, Eddie Kingston and, and Pac going back and forth on the microphone is tremendous. I think I think it's a good program right now to hold Pac over until Kenny Omega finishes up whatever obligations they may have with Impact or whether he wins the Impact title or not um, remains to be seen. Um, and then obviously uh, we had a 12-man tag match, which was just a fucking absolute cluster of, of fucking uh, talent. You had uh, Best Friends, Top Flight, uh, the Varsity Blondes, and Brandon Cutler randomly thrown in there versus uh, the Inner Circle, uh, which I thought was a good match. Um, it was kind of crazy, kind of hectic. I, anytime Brian Pillman Jr. is on AEW television, I'm, I'm excited. Um, uh, he's a guy that I think, although very young, very raw, has a lot, you know, has a lot to do still. In his career to kind of legitimize himself away from his father's image. Man, if he don't remind you of his dad and watching him when he was younger, I don't know who will. Um, And I enjoy, I enjoy, I've enjoyed pretty much every Brian Pillman Jr. match I've watched. MLW, AEW, whatever it is, I've enjoyed. Um, I love this whole teasing. like I don't know what's going to happen with the inner circle. You know what I mean? Like there's 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 there's, yeah. there's no there's no way to tell. Like, are they breaking up? Are they staying together? Is this bond growing stronger or is it growing weaker? Are we gonna lose inner circle members? Like, is Sammy Guevara really gonna walk away from the inner circle because he just doesn't want to deal with Wardlow and MJF? Or not? Who knows? We don't know. Um, but I can tell you, it's compelling story writing. That's compelling to me in the sense that. It's in it's booking in and of itself. You know what I mean? Like I don't think organically, I don't think nobody really gives a shit about inner circle at the moment because nobody's a champion. Nobody not that they don't, but you know what I mean? Like they're not in the spotlight. But their story, just the storyline in and of themselves, like inside like the inner circle, is interesting because inner is such a big part of AEW television for the last year. So like right. to think that like they may split up because MJF has infiltrated the ranks is is an interesting concept.
1: Yeah, but that's, that's ultimately what I see happening is, is them just breaking apart and it ending because like the, the purpose of the inner circle was, you know, to get people over, they were, you're right. To get people over, they have, um, you know, Jericho's time running after the world plus you know it feels like they're, they're probably going to drop to, to, at least the feeling i'm getting is that they're going to convert at least a few of them over to into the face role so yeah. I, I don't know um it's like that the group and and what it stands for it doesn't feel like it's a very face type faction you know yeah. what i mean
0: so uh after that we got the acclaimed versus scu scu's first action for christopher daniels and um, Frankie Kazarian as a tag team in a, in a while now. Um, um, Scorpio Sky is still killing it on AEW Dark every other week, basically. Um, the acclaimed, uh, highly, highly sought after free agent tag team. Um, I believe they came over from Impact. Um, they've been a thorn in uh, the Young Bucks side, um, but basically uh, they issued a challenge post victory over SCU for the AEW Tag Team Championship on the holiday um edition of dynamite this week, which um the Young Bucks accepted. And then you had um at the end, uh, because of the defeat SCU basically Frank is and calling out Christopher Daniels and basically telling them, you know, you're not the, you know, you're not wrestling like the Christopher Daniels that everybody knows and, you know, you need to find that guy or whatever. Um I'm I'm not a, opposed to that, but at this point, like if if we're being honest, like, it doesn't make sense, like, to book Kazari. Like, I don't think anybody's going to have – like, unless this is something, like, Christopher Daniels kind of wants to do is, like, his last big singles push is, like, have him and Frankie have a feud or him and Scorpio or whoever, like, ha- they want to dismantle SCU, basically, which I don't think is is wise, but I also – I don't see them being, like, a threat for the tag titles – you know what I mean? So, like maybe it is a good thing to push Frankie as a singles guy moving forward. Because he can still go. I mean, if anything, we've seen it like he wrestled Chris Jericho two weeks ago, and I thought it was a great match. Um, but who knows? We'll see with that. Uh Big Swole, um, Serena Deeb versus uh uh Diamante and Eva Um I don't really care. I mean, I, I hate to say this because I think all four women in the match are tremendous wrestlers. I think they're probably the best wrestlers. AEW has minus um, Sheeta, but I, I just they're 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 trying to they're trying to do their best to emphasize feuds outside of the main event, which is good. But at the same time, I think your main event is so poor that the rest of the feuds end up hurting. They've booked the NWA Women's Champion better than they've booked the AEW Women's Champion, in my opinion. Yep. yep. Um. And then moving on from that, we'll go into the the main event because I think talking we have a lot to talk about as 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 it comes to Kenny Omega and all his dealings. Um on Tuesday on Impact Wrestling, um, they closed out the show with Kenny Omega attacking Rich uh Rich Swan, um, and then Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson or Luke Gallows, formerly known as um Attacking the Motor City Machine Gun, setting up um, a six-man tag match at Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill, which is on January sixteenth, um, and basically like you hinted to, they're they're basically teasing a, a, like a Bullet Club reunion on Impact. Um, you know, doing the finger guns and all the other good shit that they did over in New Japan, um, and Kenny, Kenny, Kenny's full blown cleaner at this point. In my opinion, I I think we've we've officially went over into full cleaner mode for Kenny, which is good for him. Kenny is way more compelling of a character in wrestling as the cleaner than he is as Kenny Omega, the good guy that he's been for the last you know year year and a half or so. Um, yeah. On AW though, we get him versus Joey Janela because Joey Janela and him were supposed to have that qualifier match, but Joey Janela decided to go and wrestle in New Jersey with. No restrictions or masks or anything, so AW basically took him out of their tournament as a result. Um, nothing against him. He has a business to run. He runs GCW, GCW Wrestling, and they had shows, so obviously he's got to make his money. That's probably where he makes a majority of his profit anyways. Um, once again, it's an AEW Championship match. It's just fucking riddled with shit guys should just get disqualified for. Trash can shots stupid, you know, weapons being used. It's just shit that, like, I- I'm just not all about. You know what I mean? And we've been saying, like, that was the whole problem I had with Moxley's run towards the end is that every AEW championship match turned into basically a no-disqualification, you know, hardcore match. And I don't need that. Um, but Kenny does basically beat the shit out of Joey uh, Joey Janela for a good portion of the match. Joey gets some offense in, but Kenny just is is so overwhelming. Um, at this point as a champion, I think it's good for him. And obviously Janela, like getting this match, there was some story behind it. Um, but once again, AEW puts the world title on the line on a weekly show for free. And I think AEW kind of made that a staple of their programming. And I think we as fans tune in because we want to see the title defend. You know what I mean? we can't sit here and bitch and complain about how WWE does things. And then when another company gives us basically what we've been asking for complain about that as well. So, um, at the end of that though, Omega is confronted by Pac and, um, or Pac and, um, death triangle. And he questions Omega on how he can be the rightful champion when ray phoenix competed in the the world title eliminator tournament and technically never lost he got hurt obviously and had to you know forfeit his spot the following week for to his brother but that sets up ray phoenix versus kenny omega on on the december 30th edition of dynamite so like Great. aw's doing a really good job of capitalizing on real time like, injuries and story development. You know what I mean? Like, Ray Phoenix getting hurt was not planned. That was not a part of the story. I mean, if you watch the match versus Penta, he legitimately knocked himself the fuck out. They had to pull him from the the match the next week. So this instantly puts Ray Phoenix in a spot that I don't think he's going to beat him, and honestly, I think Kenny's just going to run roughshod through him, which I don't think is going to hurt Ray in the long run, but I think it's going to make Kenny look really, really good. And then obviously just sets up the feud with Pac. Um, uh, so I personally there was a ton of like rushed seg portions of that main event because they they didn't have much time. They only had like 10 to 15, but not, not even probably that amount, because you obviously had to, to work in the promo at the end and stuff as well. Um, but basically, you know. They made Janela look competitive enough at the beginning of the match, but they made Kenny look dominant throughout the rest of it, which was which was good. And then Phoenix, obviously emerging and then coming out as a, a as a challenger for the, the AEW champion, makes sense. But it also builds on the 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 rubber match and or idea that you know Pac is the guy probably to challenge Kenny because. He's the only guy that's really beaten Kenny and AEW clean, one, two, three, shoulders on the mat um, with no BS interference or anything like that. Right. Um, honestly, if you talk about storyline, booking, things like that, AEW is outdoing WWE on all three of WWE shows. Um, but I do, think that w- I, th- I do think that WWE put on a better product Wednesday night with NXT as far as wrestling goes. We got a lot of wrestling Wednesday night. If you go back and look at the card, there's a ton of matches. Um, there's a ton of matches on AEW, too, which we're accustomed to, but I don't think the quality of match is anywhere near the level that NXT gave us. Um, but I I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see if Kenny ends up taking the belt off of Rich Swan at some point and brings it to AEW television, because I think that's what we're heading towards is 2021 is going to be year of the collector basically Kenny Omega. He's going to go yeah. out, he's going he's going to go out and get the Impact title, he's going to get probably the NWA title. He's already got the AAA A and the AEW. I would not be surprised if travel restrictions are loosened if he ends up with the IWGP at some point.
1: I mean, that would be interesting, but uh,
0: I think that would know, take a, I, thought, I think that would take a lot of earth moving to happen, but I could see yeah. it happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you capitalize on that popularity, and, dude. Yeah, I mean, it it would it would it would rock the wrestling world, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. But um we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I'm ex- I'm excited for the build that they've done so far for their holiday specials. same thing with NXT for um New Year's Evil. Um but uh we'll see. I mean, we'll see we'll see which one comes out on top throughout this holiday these holidays weeks in the next couple of weeks as far as product quality ratings things like that. Um so we will move on to our TLC recap real quick. Um I want to run through that fast. Um and uh we will get into our segment talking basically talking about um Vince's comments on ratings and the product and the direction of the company. Um so we get, uh, the pre-show was kind of blah. Uh, they opened the show. Yep. They opened the nothing. show. Yeah, nothing to talk about. Uh, they opened the show with the WWE Championship, which they, they've they've been doing lately. One title usually opens the show, while one title usually closes the show. Um, obviously, while Drew was being built up as the guy, while Roman was at home, Drew was closing out most of the pay-per-views. Um, post WrestleMania, but now it looks like drew has been firmly cemented in the number two spot, um, which means he's going to probably open pretty much every pay-per-view moving forward, defending his title. Um, I thought drew versus AJ styles, uh, was a great TLC match between two guys who probably you wouldn't think are TLC versed, so to speak, but I thought it was a great match. Um, um, this will give us our opportunity to talk about the Miz and uh fucking waste it money in the bank. Um, WWE has effectively devalued all gimmick matches in my opinion. Um, we've devalued TLC from what it was as 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 a attraction match at WrestleMania with the Hardys and everybody else. Now it's, it's a full it's a full blown pay per view. Um, and those matches lack the je ne sais quoi, so to speak, that those WrestleMania. There's WrestleMania matches gave us back in the day. Um, Hell in a Cell is now a full blown pay per view, and that match is a shell of what it used to be. Um, Elimination Chamber um, at one point was, and I don't know if it still is, but was its own pay per view, um, and that in of itself was a Survivor Series staple when it first started. Um, and we, we now don't we we that's now lost its luster in my opinion. Um, and now on top of that, uh, we've effectively dumbed down and made money in the bank, it's own pay-per-view where basically the contract doesn't guarantee you a fucking title win anymore. Um, That was the whole premise of money in the bank was basically that when you get this contract, you're going to be world champion at some point. And now it doesn't now it doesn't. It's basically the King of the fucking ring or the Andre the giant Memorial battle Royal winner. There's no fucking payoff to being the money in the bank holder at this point, in my opinion. Yep.
1: Um, Yep. It's, it's above the other two. But only by almost default, right? Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, because King of the Ring doesn't happen very frequently, and uh, the Andre and the Giant Battle Royal doesn't mean anything at all to anybody.
0: Yeah. So. Um, and, and, and it's sad because The Miz is a guy, I think, who's worked his ass off for this company, and that was the best you could fucking come up with. Like, that's trash. Like, it, I'm sorry, it's just fucking awful. And, like, you don't hear me, either of us, really bash anything WWE. We might call an idea dumb or whatever, but that was fucking terrible. That was a terrible use of the talent that had that money in the bank. If you were going to do that, you should have just fucking done that with Otis. At least it would have put him in the, in the main event, or, or in the main event title picture, so to speak. But instead, you, you make a guy who's basically worked his is nuts off for your company for a better part of the last five years. Really, one of the most profiled superstars you've had as far as like outside the company. Like say what you want about the Miz's acting career or his reality TV series. He's one of the most popular mainstream WWE guys WWE has, and you don't even give him a legitimate shot at winning the belt. Like it's just right. fucking. It's ridiculous. I at this point just let him go fucking wrestle Bobby Lashley and beat Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title, because I'd rather Miz be featured heavily in the mid card than be treated like a fucking joke in the main event. Um, so it says I'm reading this article here from um wrestle uh, wrestling Inc. according to WrestleVotes.com. Um, dot com, WWE creative attempted to come up with ways for Miz to cash in the briefcase at TLC tonight. Um, in recent days, writers asked to come up with ideas for a storyline. Apparently, they all sucked. Then, fucking fire these guys! This is getting right. out of fucking hand. And I'm I, sorry that I, I'm, I've used more f bombs today on this this issue than I probably used in all 31 previous issues. But this is just f- mind numbing to me. How do you not know how to cash this contract in? It's right. literally, it's literally. Champion gets ass whooped for 30 minutes. Contract cashed in person wins title. And that's it. That's it. Would it have been really that fucking hard of an idea to have Drew McIntyre lose the bout at TLC and chase it till WrestleMania? No. It really wouldn't have been that hard of a fucking idea. But guess what? Or Apparently for... Or-
1: w- You, you like, fine. This is what you want to do. You want to have him cash in while, you know, and climb up the ladder, then let him cash in and climb up the ladder and take it. Yeah. that, that that, I was, I would be completely fine with that. How come? Nope. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta muddy that water too and get a non wrestler involved.
0: You know, when, (laughs) you know, when, when he threw Miz through the table, I was like, Morrison should run up the ladder and grab the belt. Do a James Ellsworth. It, it, yep. it Apparently it's legal in the Money in the Bank briefcase match Why wouldn't it be legal in the title match Have Morrison it's run up it. Have Morrison run up and grab the title And then that fucking Oboe or whatever the fuck his name is I don't even know what his name is Because I don't give a shit about him uh, Yeah. Um, have him in the ring When Morrison's on the top And basically have Morrison Toss the title down to Miz And have Miz catch it or it fall on the Miz And Miz just put his hand on it There you fucking go, WWE. How fucking hard. Literally, I just booked your decision for this match better than you fucking did. And guess what I used? I used tropes. I used things you've used in the past in ladder matches. Why is this so fucking hard? Like, I get it. We're stands. We're, We're huge fans of the product. We've watched WWE for years, so we know the history of it. Motherfucker, you work for the company. You write for the company. You know what worked as far as getting people over or pushing people over the heel hump or face hump or whatever it is. You know what works. And you know what works because you're doing it with Roman. We see that you at least have some level of competency. How the fuck you mess this up every single time somebody's got the money in the bank briefcase is fucking beyond me. It's just absolutely beyond me. First, you put it on the wrong guy or a guy that you deemed to be the right guy at the time. But apparently, uh, when you take him, you know, he's doing so well with Manny Rose. He's over with everybody. Well, let's split him and Manny Rose up. We can't have too much of a good thing. Well, we're going to give him the money in the bank briefcase. Uh, well, you know what? His momentum's kind of sucking because he's not with Manny Rose anymore. You mean the fucking, the absolute fucking blonde goddess that he was walking around with on his arm had nothing to do with his popularity? No fucking way. Who would have thought? But at the same time, it's just those things, like, you're sitting here as a fan, you're like, you fucking guys do so so much backwards booking against yourself, you don't even fucking realize when you're doing it at this point. Yeah. Um, so, whatever. Good match. I don't mind Drew retaining. Like I said, I would have much rather seen Miz walk away with the title last night after he cashed in, but it is what it is. Um. Next matches we get are the SmackDown Women's Championship and the Raw Tag Team Championship matches. I thought both matches were very good. I thought the outcomes were very predictable. I think Sasha beating Carmella was an absolute fucking no-brainer. Carmella has no right or no place being in a main event title picture. But because she's a house name, she's a brand name, they had to put her in this, this picture because there's nobody else on the SmackDown Women's roster at the moment, in my opinion that can challenge Sasha other than Bailey, and I'm just, t- I think we're all all exhausted on that feud to this point. Um, but I think that's what we're going to get at um, Royal Rumble. I think you're going to get Bailey versus Sasha again, and I don't know if Sasha wins or not, so we'll see. Um, tag team, Raw Tag Team Championships, The New Day uh, versus Hurt Business, once again, great fucking match. Like, every match that these guys have together is tremendous. But, I think you're starting to see a little bit of Cedric Alexander's ascension within the group. MVP giving him like a bottle of water in the middle of the match and kind of ignoring Shelton Benjamin when he gets to the outside. Um, Basically, Benjamin doing a majority of the heavy lifting towards the end of the match, about to get the win, and he gets the blind tag from Cedric Alexander, who jumps in, hits the lumbar check on Kofi, and wins the tag titles. Uh, Benjamin, although happy to be world or tag team champions. I'm sure obviously you could see the look on his face and, you know, kind of the frustration that they came in. That was kind of my win to have. Obviously it, it didn't work out that way. Um,
1: yeah, I don't. I, and this is what I'm trying to understand is you are just now establishing these guys. Why would you create friction in the group? Already. Like yeah. Let this let this group run. Like don't don't mess with it. It is fine. With the four guys you have in it, it is fine. Let it run. Yep. Don't mess don't don't change the formula. Don't change the recipe. We don't need new Coke. We want Coca Cola Classic.
0: Yep. Leave and, it. And then uh the women's tag title match. Uh I can honestly say I didn't expect Charlotte Flair to come back before Royal Rumble. Um do I fucking care that she came back now? No. Once again, another, another wasted opportunity. WWE uh, Charlotte Flair winning another title um, on her first fucking night back. It makes no sense to me. Once again, this is the same shit they did with Becky in her last year. They won the Women's World title, uh, tag titles, dropped it like a week and a half later, and then they feud it going into the Royal Rumble. Uh, whatever. Um, Universal Championship match. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens? I thought was great. I think both guys look great in this match. Um, taking uh Owens out with the guillotine choke at the top of the ladder was pretty cool. Roman using that, that, that move as his heel finisher is a great move, in my opinion, for him. Um, I thought the match, like I said, it, there was a lot of good spots. It made Kevin Owens look really strong as a challenger, but also in, in, in victory makes Roman Reigns look even better, in my opinion. Um, But my only problem with this match is where it was placed on the card. That match should have finished the show. And don't get me wrong, I kind of understand why the Fiend had to with Randy Orton because they basically burned the arena down. But, dude, you got to start booking your champions in the main event. They did this shit to Punk. They did this shit to Punk, and they wonder why you know fans love CM Punk and why CM Punk basically to this day can run on this idea that he was so disrespected. He can run on that idea because you disrespected him. Punk hold, held the title longer than anybody other than fucking Brock Lesnar. Punk is still, to me, the longest reigning champion in modern era. Lesnar doesn't fucking count. Lesnar defended the belt fucking three times. Um, Punk, though wrestled every fucking pay-per-view and never main evented. I was actually at the only pay-per-view that Punk ever main evented as WWE champion, and that was at TLC in Baltimore against Daniel Bryan. It was the only match he ever main evented in his entire run in that, that record-breaking run. Um, if you're going to book your champions, if you're going to book your guy to be the guy, Roman Reigns is the guy, then he needs to close out your show holding that belt on the top of that ladder as the credits come across the bottom of the screen. That's it. That's how you book your champion to look good and your main guy to look good. If that was Stone Cold, if that was The Rock, if that fuck, if that was Brock Lesnar or The Undertaker or whoever, they would not be going on second to last. And that's why, to this day, WWE doesn't have another legend like them coming out of this era. Other than maybe Randy Orton. Because apparently Randy Orton's more important than Roman Reigns because he got to close out the show last night. Um... We'll move on from that. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that match?
1: No, I mean, it was predictable only because I didn't see KO uh, winning
0: winning. Yeah. Um, And then Ray, uh, Randy Orton versus spray. Wyatt the fiend? First of all, I am not going to complain about the theatrics of the match because I think that's something a lot of us have been clamoring for, more kind of like adult-oriented content. And I hate to say this, lighting people on fire is adult-oriented. That is not PG. That is not Fruity Pebble-friendly. We are not in in John Cena's WWE at the moment when that happens. But I don't think that match was good. I just don't. I didn't think it made either of them look good in the ring. I didn't think it made either of them look good as characters and who the fuck knows what this means for the fiend. I'm letting you know right now, if Bray Wyatt pops up on Monday night raw and it's just Bray Wyatt. The fiend's done. We can't take it serious. We can't take it as, as anything more than, than a a part-time gimmick and it was good while it lasted. That's my opinion because They've killed the character. You literally lit it on fire in front of our eyes on television. I don't know. Yeah. Is, was that like the great cleansing? What was it? Like, I don't know. Nobody knows.
1: I, I, I don't know. And I also am trying to just, so like, you know, obviously his whole body was essentially engulfed in flames, including his hair. So I'm assuming that Bray's going to be getting a haircut soon and losing the dreads.
0: Who knows? Uh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, may, like I said, who, who knows who the fuck knows what, what lies ahead for the fiend? Because if it's me and you booking this, like you said, Randy has had a great run since mania. He's been champion. He was Drew's like thorn and Drew's side. It would made me, it would have made sense for Bray to get retribution for, for the initial feud of him burning down the compound. It would have set up The Fiend versus Drew going into the Royal Rumble. And if you wanted Drew to chase something to Mania, because we all think that Drew is much better in the chase than he is as a champion at this point. Nothing against him he puts on good matches. It's, it's just more compelling of him as a face to chase the heel. Then they should have fucking allowed the fucking, allow Bray Wyatt to light Randy Orton on fire. How about that? Why well, it always got to be fucking Bray Wyatt getting the fucking short end of these stick, or the stick in these feuds? He's got to piss somebody off. It's, that's my only opinion. He's got to piss somebody off in the back. I don't know.
1: Yeah, um, I, I don't know. It's because every version, every character that he's had, everything that they've given him, he has made it work. No matter what they've given him, he's made it work. He's proven that time and time again, and I, I just don't understand why you can't just get behind this guy and let him go it just it doesn't make sense
0: yeah and my thing is is like i said i'm never i'm not going to complain about the theatrics of the match because they actually took the inferno match to a point last night that i don't think we've ever seen it taken to before and they could obviously do that with the show not being live and you know in front of a a real audience but like i think the most we've ever seen somebody you know, lit on fire in an Inferno match was fucking Kane's arm against Undertaker back in the day. Like, but last night we got we, his entire fucking back was in, like literally engulfed as he's wrestling, which is pretty fucking cool. And then obviously, you know, at the end, like we said, Randy Orton doused the, the mannequin in the middle of the ring, but obviously supposed to be Bray, but lit it on fire and essentially Killed the fiend or whatever. I don't know what you want to say he did, but yeah. I'm not going to complain about that. That's the kind of like campy adult level booking we've been looking for from WWE. And to be honest, would you like Roman and his more like, you know, cerebral, you know, aggressive manner? That's something we've been asking for, for two. So those are two things that WWE actually, I think is maybe listening and hearing from us. But like, if that was what they the WWE think... USA Network meant by they wanted more adult Oriented content I don't think that's what the USA Network was Talking about I think unfortunately I think The USA Network was talking about Like attitude error level stuff You know what I mean like they want them To start pushing the envelope a little bit Getting away with what they can get away with But maybe even having like the censors Censorship bureau coming down and be like Hey you know You guys keep this up we might have to make you TV 14 again you know what I mean kind of thing But um right. and speaking of that, obviously the big news in the wrestling community over the last week, um, it's obviously been a really, really tough year on WWE. No live audience makes it really tough to understand the reaction of your fans. So I'm assuming WWE is relying heavily on social media. But obviously, the one thing that we all know kind of moves the ticker in professional wrestling is ratings. And you can say they don't matter like they used to, but they do. Because if they didn't, then this news article never came to fruition. Monday Night Raw hit an all-time low, literally a year to the date that it hit an all-time low two, a, a year ago last year. A year ago last year, Raw hit like two point two point four something million, and it hadn't hit that in eons, apparently. And that was when the next Raw or the next show, the entire McMahon family, to include Triple H, came out and basically said... The fans are the new authority. We're going to listen to you guys. We're going to give you what you want, the way you want it, when you want it. Blah, 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 blah. And they gave us the fucking lip service they give us every 12 months. Um, And then ratings kind of went back up. They kind of booked the way that they they wanted. You know, they, they kind of fell into the trope of booking for the fans. They gave you, you know, the, the Kofi Kingston title win. They gave you Drew McIntyre, um, you, know, you know, or, or not – Sorry, not Kofi. They gave you the Drew McIntyre Rumble win. They gave you McIntyre at WrestleMania because that was kind of something fans were pushing for. Um, whatever. Where a year year later, Raw hits 1.89 million. To put that in perspective, WWE's A show only did a million more views than AEW on Wednesday night. Literally, if you look at the numbers, they're, they're, it's almost a million exactly. Um, so WWE comes out in makes a statement or Vince makes a statement. Like we're going to be pushing more of an edgier third hour. We're going to do, you know, we're going to do more. Um, We're going to shake things up on Monday night. Raw is what, you know, Vince is saying now. And they're calling it the big reset. They're fucking lying to us. Nothing's going to change. You want to know why? Because they do this every year. If we haven't figured this out as a fan base by now, we are, we're, we're the definition of insanity. We're doing the same shit, expecting different results.
1: We are what Chris Jericho would dub uh, stupid idiots, stupid idiots.
0: Yes. So the thing is, you know. The USA has been suggesting since last year that they want that third hour to be more edgy because it's between the hours of 10 and 11. Kids should not be fucking awake on a school night. This is the dad. Hey, this is the dad portions of dad's got issues podcast (laughs) 10 to 11 p.m. They just shouldn't. I'm letting you know right now as a kid when I was growing up, I would watch Monday Night Raw 8 to 10. If my ass was up at 9, my mom was coming in my room and turning the TV off most times. As I got older she didn't really do that but my point is is like if you got a 5-year-old that, that that John Cena's hustle loyalty and respect is appealing to they they shouldn't be up for that last hour. They should be in fucking bed, you know, being a fucking kid, right. getting the necessary sleep that they need so they get their little badasses up and be terrible for their teachers the next day.
1: Right. Yeah, like I mean like, you know, my kid's bedtime is 7:30. Yeah. You know for for the, the the two younger ones, you know, the older one he goes to bed if he goes to bed by eleven o'clock, like that's fine. but he's also a teenager, you know what I mean? Yeah, whereas the younger two is like, no, 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 you need to be in bed by seven thirty um because if you aren't in bed by seven thirty, then that means when you get up the next day, you're going to cause. Everybody to have a bad day So uh, Get your beauty rest and you're good And uh, you know as far as like Watching wrestling and stuff like yeah If they don't have anything uh, If they don't have to uh, If they don't have school the following day For whatever reason uh, sure you can Stay up and you can watch it Uh, But with with modern technology guess what They can go back and they can watch wrestling Anytime they want And we uh, you know It's not like I let my kids my especially my younger ones, uh, you know, go through and uh, watch wrestling without me. Yeah. So if if I watched it live, then I'm gonna know what they sh- what they can and what they can't watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we could fast forward through the parts that don't matter. And on the heels or of that, that they should be.
0: yeah. And on the heels of that, um, WWE uh, a bunch of these news reports are basically saying that. um, Upper management at WWE wanted to know which talents they believe, if booked properly and have been underutilized, would actually improve the show quality or improve improve fan morale, basically. And the names that were given were Cesaro, Angel Garza, Chad Gable, Carmella, and Peyton Royce. So maybe that's why we got Carmella back in this high-profile spot that she got in on SmackDown. Same thing for Chad Gable. Um, But we haven't seen Cesaro, Angel Garza, or Peyton Royce really at all. So maybe those three names are three names that we'll pay attention to over the next couple months to see if maybe they get pushed. Fuck, this is the first Royal Rumble we've gone into in, what, years? And I, I don't think either of us, as much as we watch WWE, can name a guy that we're like, yeah, that guy's going to win the Royal Rumble this year.
1: Yeah. It would be crazy. Um, it would I mean, be Biggie maybe.
0: No, I don't I don't even think Biggie's going to win it cuz I think cuz Biggie just got a uh Biggie just got a uh, title um he has a icy title match on um
1: Yeah, but I don't, I don't I don't think that matters much. Um
0: I think if he wins the I think if he wins the bout, I don't think he gets I don't think he gets a main event push before Mania in my opinion.
1: But see, like as much as I would love to see Cesaro get a, a well-deserved main event push, with him being, uh, you know, where he is like, cause he's, he's a SmackDown guy, right? Yeah. They, or they bring him over the raw Right. He's, he's on SmackDown. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't see, uh, I, he's not going to dethrone Roman. Yeah, he's not going to be the guy.
0: He can win, but he can win the rumble and challenge whoever he wants. They, they, they made True. that, they made that clear. Um, you know, a couple, you know, a couple years back. But like I said, I don't think of those five names, obviously two being female, like I, I could see maybe Peyton Royce winning the Women's Royal Rumble in challenging Asuka yeah. or even challenging Sasha. I think either of them could could use a fresh a fresh face because I think what's going to happen is what happened last go around with, with this whole women's tag thing. I think Asuka and Charlotte aren't going to get along, and that's going to lead to a feud with them. So maybe Peyton Royce wins the Women's Royal Rumble and faces Sasha at Mania. I've, I have zero problems with that. I think Peyton Royce is still kind of raw as a wrestler, but I think you only get better by experience, and what better place to have the experience of wrestling than WrestleMania?
1: Um, uh, well, so the other thing is, like, uh, we Andrade should be coming back yes. sometime soon uh, with Charlotte. And apparently they're going to take more of a, we we will know that Charlotte and Andrade are together. okay? Um, because they, they kept them, they kept them separate for so long, but uh, now apparently we're going to know that. Yeah. So,
0: but I, you know, We wanted to, we wanted to wrap this, this issue up with this talk about Vince basically blowing smoke up our ass like they do every year because we want to remind you as WWE fans, don't expect massive change. It's not going to happen. But we will give the WWE credit for, for, for some of the things they've done right in the 2020 calendar year. Roman Reigns was done right. Drew McIntyre was done right. That's two fucking no, guys.
1: If, look at what they. I mean, Randy Orton. To a lot of people, they're tired of Randy Orton being a guy that's high up in the picture. But I don't think you can find a single person that was against his run. Randy Orton so, and, and, and the Drew McIntyre so, so, story. So, so three.
0: So three guys. So we'll give them three. We will give you three guys out of a, an entire twelve-month calendar year that were booked appropriate. Like that's, that's insane. And don't get me wrong. You may have your opinions that there's other people that have, other people that haven't booked appropriately as well. Uh,
1: Paul, you're talking, you're talking main, main roster show.
0: Yeah. Four things that I think has been booked appropriately. And as I'm sitting here, I could probably keep coming up with more, but four the, the four that are in my head and live there rent free, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, and the hurt business. Those four yep. things have been booked Perfectly. So, congratulations, WWE. Uh, You, you, every three months, you give me one thing booked appropriately. That's terrible. To be the best company. And that's the thing. Like, WWE is the Dallas Cowboys or New York Yankees or, or, you know, yeah, Dallas Cowboys, New York Yankees, Boston Celtics of the professional wrestling world. And what I mean by that is, they were really fucking good in their heyday. All of them. They were all, they were all the franchises. All could be at one point in time in their respective sports considered America's team. But they're a shell of what they used to be as a franchise. And that's what WWE is becoming. Because all the other little independent programs that they tell you not, that, that, that aren't shit and that they don't worry about, those are the ones that fans are attracted to at this moment. Because they are the ones that are actually giving us as the fans things we're interested in seeing. You know what I mean? That's the problem I'm having with WWE is that they're not giving us as the fans what we want, but we're still consuming the product. And don't get me wrong. I will sit here and complain about how WWE is being booked and watch it every single week. I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm, I'm a part of the problem. Obviously, we do it for this show but i also do it because i enjoy wwe i'm loyal to a default to a brand that got me and made me fall in love with this business
1: right we're, we're gonna watch a good bad or indifferent because it's it's something that we are passionate about and it's even if it wasn't for the show we would be watching it yeah. because it's just something that we we love right but I mean, um that's, but, that's, that's how we that's how we became friends. That's how you, know, besides yeah. Mac, you know, that's what got us talking and that's what kind of sparked this show. So,
0: but we're not going to sit here and act like we, we believe for one fucking second that things are changing in WWE because they're not, I hate to say this until, until, uh, VMK decide or, or sorry, VKM decides, Hey, I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm riding off into the sunset. WWE will be what it is. as always has been and always will be. Then now, well, then now, and forever, as they said. Yeah,
1: it's uh, the day that that happens is the day that Vince McMahon passes away. Yeah, Unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah, however you want to look at it. Yeah, yeah,
0: I, I don't. We obviously don't. We don't wish death upon anybody, especially the man that kind of turned no, not ra- at all modern wrestling into what it is. And he, he Vince, does genuinely seem like a decent human being but he's so out of touch with his fan base and like somebody made the joke of like he made these statements. He must be, he must've figured out how to use Twitter or use Facebook and read the comments. And I just died laughing. I'm like, cause that's the only way these guys really know what we're talking about now. Cause we're not there booing you out of the building. And to be honest with you, he had an entire calendar year where he can't tell if fans are coming to shows or not coming to shows or if ticket sales are hurting. So who knows? Like I said, I. This was a good rant, I think, for us to decompress and end 2020 on, so to speak. Obviously, we'll get next week's issue in as well, but I think this is our end-of-the-year rant on the WWE main roster product as a whole, um, and we will hold our breath moving in the WrestleMania season, or road to WrestleMania season with the Royal Rumble coming up, um, and seeing how they book that. I'm letting you know right now, I will throw away all my fucking WWE merchandise if they book Goldberg to win this fucking Rumble, like people are predicting. If you fucking, oh, if, no. if, if you bring fucking Goldberg back, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. I'm letting you yeah, know right no. now. Fucking no, Adam, Cole, Adam Cole, fucking carrying anybody other than Gold, You could bring up fucking, I would take Ricochet winning the Royal Rumble over fucking Goldberg.
1: And I, I love, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with that.
0: I love Ricochet. Yeah. So. <laughs> like anybody, fucking Otis could win it and just lose it three weeks later to The Miz for all I give a shit. I don't care. <laughs> Just for the love of all things that are fucking holy, just let Goldberg's contract fucking expire. Paying his money. Don't let him wrestle no more. Be done with it. And it's not even that I don't like Goldberg. It's just I'm tired of the fucking bullshit attraction-based wrestling. And the same thing could be said for Sting and AEW. So don't let me leave them out of the fucking picture. Let Sting yeah, wrestle. Let Sting wrestle his sunset match and leave leave the ring stuff behind and just be the guy that guides the young talent in WWE because Goldberg's not going to do that for anybody. So he's just there to get fucking paid. At least we could yeah. hope that sting is actually in this for the right reasons and not just to be a selfish, you know, old timer who gets the, you know, go out on his terms and do whatever he wants. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, Hey, let him go over to AEW. Like it's WCW light. Right. right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Oh uh, uh, yeah, no, I, well, let's not end on a sour note. Let's, let's think about something positive. Um, we're getting Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly at New Year's yes. Eve. There you go. That's all right. That's, so.
0: that's the, that's the look forward to hopefully we, we get, you know, more development in the collector story for, for Kenny Omega. Um, and as always, we will continue to tune in to all professional wrestling that we can. Um, I'm going to catch up on MLW this week. Uh, same thing with Ring of Honor and uh, New Japan. Obviously, I'm going to start watching a little bit more of the weekly programming stuff because we're, we're heading in the Wrestle Kingdom um, in the next couple weeks um, as well. But uh, that about wraps up this week's issue. Um, we went a little long. I guess, um, but we gave you a lot more in-depth coverage, um, and this is kind of what you guys can look in, uh, look forward to with weekly releases for our um, Inside the Ropes and Hot off the Press issues. Um, the reason why we wanted to do it this way moving forward, one is there's going to be some weeks that are going to be lighter. You're going to get a 45 minute, probably you know 40-45 minute episode, and there's going to be some weeks where we we cover a lot of wrestling. You know, we we, we cover a pay per view, a couple of the shows, ins and outs, and give you a topic discussion at the end, kind of like we did today. Um, we're hoping in, that an improved format with a little bit more in-depth analysis of some of the matches, some of the feuds, some of the things and how we're feeling about, um, the direction of a program or a show or a company, uh, will give you guys a little bit more inside information, a little bit in, more insight into what we believe other than just us giving you recaps of each match and things like that. Um... As always, you can follow us at, at DGI Podcast on all forms of social media, literally every single one of them, um, Facebook, Instagram, Snap, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday with a hot off the press issue um, covering some um, comics that we've picked up in the last week and going over all the hot comic book news. There is actually some good stuff um, coming down the pipeline that uh, we want to get into as far as DC Comics goes um but we will leave that for Wednesday's issue. Um anything else on your end Charlie?
1: Nothing else over here brother.
0: All right. Um so like I said if you guys don't already do so please give us a follow on here um so you stay up to date on the latest issues um as they come out and if you don't already follow us on social media give us a follow there. Uh we're trying to develop our following so to speak on there because we want to interact with you guys the listeners. So if you guys can Follow us there, interact with us, comment us on things, and tell us what you want to hear us talk about. If there's something we miss on the Inside the Ropes or Hot Off the Press or Around the Multiverse issue you want to hear our thoughts or feelings on, uh, we have absolutely no problem jumping in on that. Um, but if that's all I got, so if Charlie has nothing, I'll let him send us home.
1: All right, man, go ahead and hit our Music.